0: These are my type of people. Join me as we discuss the inner secrets of cinema. Have a seat in The Spoiler Room.
1: Yes, folks, welcome to The Spoiler Room. We are marching our way through Godzilla month. And, you know, I I hadn't planned it this way. I just picked films that just had Godzilla in the title and no verses, but... It looks like this whole series is going to be ended up being Godzilla films that were released in the U S and last week we talked about Godzilla 1985, which was a edit of uh, a Japanese film called the return of Godzilla. But we go ahead now from 85 to 1998 and America has decided to make its own Godzilla film. Yes, that's right. It has 16% on Rotten Tomatoes, 5.3 out of 10 on IMDb, and 1.5 out of 4 for uh, ebert.com, which I'm sure there's a good reason for that, which we will dive into tonight. Uh, Yes, we're talking about Godzilla, or as many people refer to it, Zilla from 1998. And tonight I've got a great crew with me to talk about this. First off, he is back with us, Mr. Cole Meredith here. Hello, Cole. How are you? I am fantastic. Glad to be here. Glad to have you here. You were here last week to talk about the cheesy American edit. Now we're here to talk (laughs) about another form of Godzilla film. And next to Cole is the always fantastic diva of the spoiler room herself, Dawn. Hello, Dawn.
2: Hello, Mark. Good evening, gentlemen.
1: Glad to have you in here. Be interested to hear your take on this film. And next to her is the one, the only, the BFD himself, Mr. Glenn Bittner. Hello, Glenn. Hi. Are you ready to talk some Zilla? Always. (laughs) Awesome. Well, glad to have you in the room. And yes, we are talking about uh, Godzilla 1998. Now, uh, did one of you guys want to give the summary of this? Glenn, would you like to, or uh, would you like me to read the I am Dibim
0: explanation? Matthew Broderick likes worms. He finds worms that are really big. That means there's a giant lizard that's going to attack New York.
1: <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, it's sad that that almost, almost <laughs> sums up this main plot of this film. Uh, Anyone else want to add anything to that, Don? <laughs> or does that sum it up fairly well? Um,
2: there's a reporter from Matthew Broderick's past that wants his giant worms.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. There's <laughs> a lot of worm envy in this one.
2: <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right?
1: A lot, a lot of worm envy. Oh, yes. We have the giant reptile. Only he's not wreaking havoc in Japan. He makes his way from the South Polynesian Islands.
2: French Polynesian Islands.
1: Polynesian Islands all the way to New York. He, by way of the Panama Canal, apparently, because he knows the map and says, oh, hey, that'll be an easier trip. (laughs) But yes, Godzilla basically in New York. Matthew Broderick is the scientist and put in charge. And he, he has various things happen over the course of two hours and 20 minutes. We're going to go into a few things of this film tonight. But first off, uh, let's go down the list and let's just get initial reactions or their uh, early thoughts with Godzilla 98 when they first saw it. Cole, we'll start with you. When I first
3: saw it on the big screen, um, I had only seen a couple of Godzilla movies at that point. Um, as I said last week, I think I'd seen uh, King Kong versus Godzilla, and then uh, Godzilla 1985. And I saw the original somewhere along the line early on, but I can't remember when. So I didn't have this strong like attachment to the look of Godzilla. Mm. So I was able to go in with a bunch of friends and enjoy it and and my dad who grew up with the original movies absolutely you know loved it. He bought the VHS and would watch it once a week for a couple years there. I'm sure I'm exaggerating, but he watched it a hell of a lot. So I I saw this movie a lot and I I would say things like dad but doesn't it bother you that you know that they're ripping off Jurassic what about all these little velociraptor godzillas? You know, doesn't that bother you and he'd say well Godzilla kind of has to change with the times and you know that he just kind of forgave it for all its faults so I, I um, you know I grew up not really knowing what to think of it but the more Godzilla movies I saw the more I realized well whoever made that movie they may have been doing what they thought was cool but they certainly didn't you know hold any reverence over the original films um, and, and watching it again a few days ago and and i did a recap uh, a couple hours ago but it's a it is a long film to watch twice in a week um you know watching it again tonight i had a different reaction but i'm sure we'll get into that too i actually did not mind it tonight for whatever Mm -hmm. reason might be nostalgia might be the summer of 1998 i saw just about everything that was released in the theaters i think the truman show and blade and deep impact and um something about Mary. I mean, it was a fun summer for movies, so that may have played into my reaction tonight, but I'll tell you the credits rolled tonight. And I thought, man, aside from, from the look of its head, it's not a bad monster loose in the city movie or the area it was made.
1: No, it's not. And we'll get into it a little more, but you, you bring up some good points with it. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit, but you made some great points that uh, we're going to explore in a little while. But first, I want to get Dawn's, uh, her first time watching this film.
2: So when I saw this, I'd uh, seen pretty much, I'd seen all the available Godzillas. Uh, Sheldon and I were very, he had, the, he bought the box set. He was very into all this, given where he grew up. So, when we saw this, we both really thought it was fun. We both enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, Our kids were just at an age where they could appreciate the monster movie aspect, and it kind of opened the door for them to, and they started watching the the Godzilla cartoon with Godzuki, and they really wanted to see everything Godzilla. So, um, it was a great doorway for them, um, I've always thought it was a fun movie. Um, I thought that it was a I'd never understood the venom with which it was received because it was never intended to be a an improvement on the the Toho Studios' the original Godzilla. It was supposed to be a reimagination of it for a more modern time. They weren't trying to they weren't trying to improve on Godzilla. They were trying to adapt it to a modern time in a modern place, and I appreciated that a lot. And I it kind of made me sad later on when they. Uh, released the more recent wide release of Godzilla that they backpedaled so badly, because I think a lot of uh, the fan base was so busy comparing the old, the old Japanese version of Godzilla that they weren't even paying attention to what they were given.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Um,
2: that that being said, there's a lot of bad in it.
1: There. There is a lot of bad uh, in it. Uh, Yeah. Again, some points you make as well are are ones I want to explore a little bit. We won't necessarily, folks, be going uh, scene by scene with this film, mostly talking about uh, the good, the bad of the film and and some of our thoughts and, and things that occur in this movie more so than break it down scene by scene because it is a rather long film. And we'll go to the BFD now. Glenn, you are a major Godzilla fan. How did you feel when you first saw Godzilla 98?
0: <sighs> I walked into the theater. Now, I, I already knew what Godzilla looked like.
1: Because of the toys, right?
0: Yeah, so yeah. I accepted it, you know, but fine, whatever, you know. Of course, they're going to CGI it. It's America. It's the day of, you know, rubber suits is long gone in America. Um, so I didn't have a problem with that. My one fear when I walk to the theater is I'm like, I just hope they don't Jurassic Park this son of a bitch. And then I walk out of the theater and I'm like, God damn it. They yeah. Jurassic Park the son of a bitch. He totally mm-hmm. did. And uh, Cole mentioned the fucking basically baby Godzilla vol- velociraptor. So I'm like, son of a bitch. There's one baby Godzilla. His name is Godzuki. He's there for comic relief and he blows smoke rings. That's what he does. There's no. no it's, uh, Godzilla does not run away from helicopter with machine guns. What is that? What is that? <laughs> On top of the fact that Godzilla doesn't run.
1: No, <laughs> he does. He could. He couldn't run. I've. This is the only Godzilla I've ever seen. Actually, I run. like. I mean,
0: like he likes sprints. I'm like fast. On top of the fact that I'm like, uh, New York must have the strongest roads ever made.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he never sinks down in
0: Doesn't like tear into every uh, sewer and subway tunnel he walks across. I mean, that's a lot of weight. A lot of weight.
1: Well, it's the big foot that he has, it disperses the weight more.
0: Uh huh. Tell you what, go step on a shoebox and see how big your foot disperses the weight before that box collapses.
2: Um, Especially because they established that he's crawling around through all those tunnels.
0: Yeah, yeah and then making he, like, those crawling, holes
2: bigger.
0: Crawling around underground as well, which I'm like, what the, what? So, I mean, it's like, I don't know, what is he? I mean, is he is he a, a decathlon runner? Is he now, uh, is he a mole? What is he? I don't understand. What did you, what, just, no, Godzilla shows up. He's like, yo, I'm here. You fire a bomb in his face. He's like, pa, and then he blows up your city. And then some scientist comes up with some funky way to make him go away or "quote unquote" kill him. Nope. Um, And he can swim super fast as well, and it's like, like super agile. Like you know, normally Godzilla, like his dump stat is is dexterity. Apparently not this one. (laughs) Uh, You know, he just he's like buffed. He's got an 18 dex at least, probably higher. The way he just like you know dodges machine gun fire and dodges missiles underwater. Sorry, Torpedoes. Um, Yeah, it's, no, just, there's so much about this where I'm just like, oh, man. And I mean, I almost, I almost like audibly scoffed with the uh, coming down and almost stepping on Hank (laughs) area. but, you know, he's just right between the toes. I'm like,
1: (sighs) well, that's, that's Emmerich. You know, that's Emmerich humor right there. Yes. Uh, Dean Devlin and Roland Emmerich, you know, they're coming off of their Independence Day high when they were given this uh, to do. Yeah, And it's their style, which is kind of interesting because Stargate, for the most part, even though it has humor and stuff, it was a very fairly serious sci fi film. I mean, it you know, it had its humor and its moment and its, its lighter moments and such. And I would have almost liked that type of approach with this. And we kind of get that, but we get a lot, a lot of that Emmerich humor that we started seeing more of in Independence Day, and then especially here. Um, y- you know, the making light of the fact that there's. Many, many people being crushed by Godzilla as he's walking through Manhattan. Um, you, you know, that the music doesn't change, it's actually kind of light and airy, <laughs> you know. And yeah, oh, yeah. It's, what, it's more like Godzilla's Day Out than it is, yeah. It's, it's like yeah. Godzilla's Day Out now, you know, like as Don mentioned, there's good and bad in this film, uh, just. To touch on my experience, you know, when I saw the trailer for that first teaser trailer, which actually was a really decent teaser trailer—the kids in that and that in the museum and showing the fossils and going oh—and all of a sudden they hear the thud and the Godzilla foot comes through the skylight, and it's a little different Godzilla foot, but that's all we saw for a little while, and I was like, okay, you know what? I can kind of get behind this. And then I saw the des- monster design, and I was kind of like you, Glenn. I'm like, okay yeah, all right, fine, we'll, we'll go that route. But then, during this film, they they make it so he's not a dinosaur. They explain it away in here, and I guess this is where my, my problem came with this, is because they call it a Godzilla film, but this really has no, uh, outside of the opening scene with a boat getting, <laughs> once again, getting attacked. Um, it doesn't really feel much like a Godzilla film. It feels forced as a Godzilla film. Um, So you go in there with a little bit different idea and here they completely change what type of creature he is. He's no longer a dinosaur. He's actually a nuclear mutated sea iguana, which explains why he can swim really fast and he's a faster lizard. And it's like, okay, so now he's not a T-Rex only for them to take the last what third of this film, like the last almost hour of this film and make him a dinosaur, basically with his babies the way they are. Like you guys said, Jurassic parked it. It it was like, they were throwing ideas against the wall. And I'm like, and it it felt like two movies, which I kind of want to get in here is radiation
0: finds a way. Mark.
1: Radiation,
0: Radiation finds <laughs> away.
1: Radiation, nice. I like that. Radiation <laughs> finds a way. Um, the first half of this film, and Don, I want to get your, make sure I'm not off on this, but first maybe 90 minutes or so of this film, or hour to 90 minutes it feels a lot lighter in tone and very comical and everything. And then there's a point you know, in Matthew Broderick's character is, is kind of the bumbling scientist type of guy who got, has his instant you know, camera, his port his disposable camera, which he's taking pictures of Godzilla with. But then all of a sudden his character suddenly gets a little more serious and the film actually takes a bit more serious tone, even when they Jurassic park it. Did you get that feeling too? Uh, uh, does it feel almost like there's almost two different movies in tone in this in this one film?
2: Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, I think number one, I'm not entirely certain that Matthew Broderick was appropriately cast um, for That's, the role because yeah. he definitely his his um, Ferris Bueller. And that humor was not what was needed for this role. Yeah. Um. Uh, the, at the beginning, it wasn't so bad. There was a. It was a, definitely a little lighter. Um, because I think he was supposed to be more innocent and wonderstruck. Um, right up until the point uh, where, and I'm drawing a blank on her name. Um, the the Which, female reporter person. Oh,
1: the, oh, the female reporter. Uh, I've got her. I've got her here. Uh,
2: Lucy. No, not Lucy. Lucy. Audrey.
1: Audrey was. Audrey. Yeah.
2: Lucy is the one attached to Frank Azaria's character. Yes. Um, right up until the point where he gets like unreasonably jaded because Audrey uh, steals that the tape, the French tape. Right, um, and that's kind of where it turns. Um, that's kind of a little bit before it turns darker. But I think he, I think the character has a lot more wonderment of, wow, this is really happening. This is like my dream. I've been chasing these worms, and all of a sudden, there's something much bigger and more grandiose going on here. And um, I don't think the humor goes away. I think that. I just don't think that uh, uh, Matthew Broderick was able to reconcile the two different emotions. It was either Ferris Bueller comedy or something that meant to be something darker but really just missed because a lot of the facial expressions he used later on during the chase and during the more serious scenes were just wrong.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, part of the... I actually liked his character in some of the scenes where he was with... Um, uh, uh, Jean Renault? Yes, Jean. Thank you. Uh, the name I was trying to figure... Ha! My brain blocked from him. Thank you. Yes, Jean Renault, the, the French uh, Secret Service. I, I actually liked him in that section of the film, his character. I was like, this is cool. You know, he's still a little bit lighter character, but a little more serious. But... Yeah, I, he, I think, was one of the first kind of stumblings was his character and and casting him. Uh, Cole, how do you feel about Matthew Broderick within this film? I thought it was, for me,
3: <clears throat> and I see entirely what Don is saying. Like, I can, I can see that viewpoint because I, I think I, I probably shared it for a while, but I don't know, watching it again tonight, I thought he was just perfect. I mean, it's... What they're going for is sort of, you know, like like so many summer blockbuster filmmakers. They're trying to mimic Spielberg. They're trying to take these big special effects that are at times supposed to be frightening and mix it with this, you know, really uh, cutesy humor, you know, that is more family friendly. And it's it's a balance. It's back and forth. And I'm sure a lot of it is found in the editing. And I think they got it a lot better with their previous two movies before this. Uh, Independence Day and uh, Stargate. Yeah. I think you know they 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 sort of copy that that Spielberg style a lot better with those two. This one it's it's off. Like the the balance between the humor and 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 the monster is off, and that maybe be because of the monster's design, which I'll save for later. But I think actually Broderick helps carry this movie. I, I there's there's I don't know there's an intrinsic sadness to Broderick, and maybe that's just me. I might be the only person on God's green earth to say that, but there's something really sad in his eyes, especially in his later performances that sort of helps you sell the idea that, you know, maybe you should have sympathy for this giant iguana. So I, I sort of, you know, I, I like him in this role. I mean, he even makes, you know, like what would he, the, the worms appear in the dirt. I think he's really good in that scene. I mean, What other actor could pull off singing in the rain in the scene where it's pouring rain and, and, you know, not have it seem like a scene from Naked Gun, which it may seem like to some people. But to me, I just thought tonight watching it again, I thought, well, this is kind of he's really good. And, you know, the actors are good and I like the characters, even though I like the most most recent Godzilla was that from 2014 that Gareth Edwards did. Yeah, it's almost like I like the characters in this better. I mean, they're not as realistic, but they're more colorful and they're more memorable. Um, and it's almost like I would have liked to have seen the Godzilla design from the 2014 film in this movie. Oh, um, but yeah. I, we'll, we'll get into that later. I don't want to ramble. But um, I liked Broderick, short story long.
1: <laughs> and Glenn, with Mr. Matthew Broderick, how how'd you feel about him?
0: Uh, I'm I don't really have a big problem with any of the actors in this. Would,
1: um, did you? Would you say that there was a uh, switch in tone, like a drastic switch, like there's two different films in here, or or am I just the only uh, guy off on that?
0: No, no, there absolutely is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's part of the problem. Is that is that I don't think they knew exactly. I don't think they really knew what to do with Godzilla. They're like, you know, how do we do this? Because we don't want to be like just like the Japanese, because we think American audiences won't respond to that, so we got to do this other thing. But we still want to be true to Godzilla, but we're not going to be true to Godzilla. So, yeah, eh. But I don't blame the actors for that.
1: <laughs>
0: I, blame, I blame direction and writing.
1: Yeah, the direction and writing. You know, while while revisiting this film again, uh, you know, because we've got we've got Matthew Broderick's character who. I, I kind of agree with Don. I mean, he does do fine in it, but I think he was miscast much like I thought Jack black was miscast in the uh, King Kong film. Um, it, it just, some actors for the role that they're in aren't picked quite right, but you know, we've got kind of these over the top characters like, uh, you know, Kevin Dunn's Colonel Hicks, you know, who I actually liked. I really like Kevin Dunn's Colonel Hicks, you know, or, uh, what Harry Shearer playing the, uh, the sleazy uh, reporter uh, who who is willing to give uh, Matthew Broderick's old flame a chance if she just has dinner with him, you know, <laughs> to uh, Jean Reno's uh, Philippe, uh, you know, you've got all these outrageous characters. I'm looking at them and watching all these Godzillas for Godzilla Month. I'm realizing I'm like, were they trying to make a sequel almost to the Godzilla '85 American cut? Yeah. In some ways, because the way those characters were, like this general and the soldiers, it almost felt like Emmerich was pulling from that. Glenn, would, did did you kind of get a vibe from that? That this this kind of had that eighty five American cut, where with the American scenes, with the way these some of these characters were. Possibly,
0: I hadn't thought of it before, but I mean, mm-hmm. you're bringing it up. I'm like, eh, maybe.
1: Yeah, you know, because the the general and his, you know, his uh was his lieutenant, uh, or his uh, sergeant, excuse me, O'Neil, you know, those two played off each other similar to the way the 85 general and his colonel played off each other, you know? And, and uh, just just the tone with some of the military guys and some of the other characters, I thought it it felt kind of like a sequel to 85. What about you, Cole? You you watched Godzilla 85 with us. Uh, what do you think?
3: Man, I hadn't noticed that, but as always, you consistently kind of blow my mind with your observations. I can see it again now. I mean, the next time I watch the two of these, which I'm sure I'll do a marathon at some point because I need to catch up on a lot of them, I'll, I'll pay attention to it. Uh, I I can see. It. I can. I guess I can see it, man.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it is an American. Just like the American '85 version, we did have lots of product placement too, did we not, Don?
2: Yeah, we did. Holy cow, we did. <laughs>
1: Well, we're talking mid, we're we're talking the 90s here, you know, late 90s. So by now, the big blockbuster is kind of becoming a little bit more regular. They're planning it, they're getting more licensing. I mean, just off the top of my head, I made notes here. You had UPS, MetLife, Pepsi, USA Today, Polaroid, Blockbuster, Swatch, and those were all the ones who actually had their names within frame. You know, I mean, so you got your product placement just like the 85 one. And that's what kind of triggered for me and why I bring it up was thinking back to the 85 one and going, wow, is Emmerich going for that? Because you got that humor just like you had in some of those 85 American scenes and you got the massive product placement. So, you know, maybe he was trying to bring it full circle or trying to play off something similar to that. I'm not sure, but, uh, you know, he most of it takes place in New York, which uh I was impressed with that we do get a lot of new york and the they handle this first act of getting Godzilla to new york um you know I, I'm just not sure we do we have to have the one Asian gentleman to say godzilla <laughs> done did we do we do we need that scene I mean I'm like really. <laughs>
2: Uh, God, do we need it? Probably not. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, as a teeny tiny little homage to the, the very first original, uh, legend of Gojira, yes. uh, the 1954, it's, it's a nice little, uh, touch but necessary <clears throat> not to be that big of a plot point.
1: No, I, I didn't think it. I mean, and they were trying to show that these uh, guys who you weren't sure, these Frenchmen who were recording that interview, um, you know, it, it, it kind of, okay, they're investigating this uh, this lizard, but you're not quite sure what their intentions are with it. And uh, I thought this, these characters were interesting and and they they it was part of the film I actually enjoyed was uh even though I didn't quite like uh the sheer amount of uh jokes they tried to make uh Jean Renault do um, th- those jokes felt a little felt a little flat for me just because they felt forced but uh Cole, <clears throat> what do you think of the French secret service men in this and that storyline adding it that they were trying to uh, make up for the mistake they made because, yes, folks, the French nuclear tests are the reason why we have a new Godzilla.
3: It, it, oh, go no, go ahead, Don.
2: It, as you mentioned at the beginning, it was French Polynesia and the nuclear testing. That's exactly where it was in the original Godzilla.
1: Hmm. So it was a similar, it's the same island. So they were they were hearkening back again to the original. Mm-hmm. Um one and and they had the polynesian so they they're taking the blame for godzilla but uh cole what did you think of this storyline with the the french secret service hunting godzilla
3: you know it it kind of made me chuckle a little bit i he pulls it off because he's an amazing actor you know um and i the stuff with the, the 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 bit with the gum i thought was funny I have to admit, you know, it makes us look more American. And then the the Elvis accent, I thought was kind of funny. But again, it's not, I mean, funny in a way that 1998 funny. You know, I'm not, I'm I'm not, you know what I mean? It's not like I'm like laughing out loud the way I did during the latest Thor or something. You know, I just, I, it kind of made me giggle. He's, he's a good, uh, actor. You know, what I did think was there is a bit of filler in this movie. And I think those guys work better than the uh, Siskel and Ebert guys, oh. which I think is a joke that hasn't aged so well. And to be honest, it didn't bring laughs when I saw it in the theater, although I totally get it's a justified gag and I get it. Like I totally get it. Even as a Siskel and fan, I get it. But I just don't know if – I don't know if it works in this movie the way they, they maybe thought it was going to, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, some of the humor uh, didn't work with their jokes, but when they weren't doing the humor, I kind of enjoyed their element of these guys working on their own hunting for Godzilla. Uh, Glenn, how'd you feel about uh, Jean Renault and the French Secret Service?
4: <sighs> um,
0: <laughs> I love Jean Renault. Um, I think he, I, I like him as an actor a lot. Um, you had mentioned the the jokes with him, which no, General no, it's it's not that he doesn't have a sense of humor and that he doesn't do jokes in any of his movies but this is not the style of joke that I think works for his type of character and especially in this film the, the jokes were just not no, that wasn't his character at all the, the way that they had him written and the way he was acting it, did, it didn't fit with uh, what was going on with his character. Um, I mean, I like the whole thing. Fine, you know, the, the French are in here, you know, looking for Nutsal as well. That's fine. Um, is it necessary? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, cause Cole said, there's a lot of padding. Um, so they just had to have this extra thing in there. So it's, let's have these French guys who are like, hey, you stomped on our, you know, Polynesia, (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna now we're gonna Godzilla you back, grrr, Frenchness. Um, So I mean, it's uh, I don't know. I, I think they tried to. It's it's the same thing that I think happened with with the last Godzilla movie is that they these movies should be there should be some undertone of you know. Uh, The environment, or you know, in in the case of many of them, it's the environment and radioactivity and pollution and whatnot. But don't overcomplicate it, man. Keep it simple. (laughs) It's still a giant freaking monster that's destroying a city. Yeah, yeah. So,
1: yeah, it it is, and it did feel like they were trying to to add almost too much to it. It's like they they didn't really. uh, It makes me wonder what the original. Script may have been without cuts <laughs> in it, you know. Uh, I just it, it felt like padding, and these guys did feel let, like padding, though. I did enjoy their characters uh, outside of the humor. Don, how'd you feel with this storyline and, and working in the French with uh, them being, um, you know, once hunting Godzilla?
2: I didn't mind it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like John Ren- Renault. I didn't see him, I, I didn't really. I felt like his attempt at humor was, well, some of it uh, was meant to kind of make him more uh, amenable to the Matthew Broderick character. Right. Um, Because that was where a lot of it was happening with that, with those interactions. I mean, his mocking American coffee, that just, that's, that just appeals to me because that's what we do. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <clears throat> um, but otherwise, it it I didn't really view it as all that different as as in the Japanese versions, the Americans swooping in and trying to take over uh, or strong arm the Ameri- the Japanese investigations into Godzilla. I didn't see it as all that different. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was actually better done.
1: Yeah, that I. I, I thought it was, too, actually. Uh, they were they were the part that I, I enjoyed most. I actually uh, really found that it interesting because it's one of the things that they actually handle well with these guys. Because these guys show up at the initial attack where the boat's on shore posing as insurance guys, uh, which they do throughout most of the film. And you aren't quite sure who they are. And I thought, at least in this respect, they did a good job of keeping a mystery to them till it's revealed of who they actually are cuz you know we have seen Jurassic Park at this point so you almost wonder wait are they hunters are they maybe trying to capture Godzilla <laughs> you know come on it's not out of the realm of possibility someone wanting to capture Godzilla rather than kill him not not that you could uh <laughs> but uh with Godzilla yes we mentioned earlier that they uh changed his origin to where he's a sea iguana now. He's not a uh, nuked uh, from uh, out of the depths of the you know Cretaceous period or Jurassic period, excuse me, a T rex He is a mutated sea iguana. And they completely changed his design. And outside of his head and maybe from one shot from the top, really didn't look like Godzilla much at all. Uh, Glenn, what did you think of the look of Godzilla in this overall?
0: I I accepted he was going to look different. I I mean, I wasn't happy with how he looked, but um, I realized that, I mean, I knew being an American film and, you know, Emmerich, I'm like, they're going to CG it. They're not going to have a guy in a suit because that's not what Hollywood does anymore. So they're definitely going to CG this. It'll look completely different. It'll look. Uh, they'll try to make him look more. I don't know what the right term I want to use is.
1: Um, Streamlined. <laughs>
0: yeah, but can't think of the exact term I want to. I'm trying to think of here. Uh,
1: New modern. Rich? Modern. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, more modern design. They
0: wanted to modernize him, you know.
1: And, well, you know, know. make it make him faster, just like you know. We need now need running running zombies because schlepping zombies just aren't scary. A lumbering Godzilla through Manhattan really isn't scary, but you know, running that.
2: <laughs> exactly what I what I was thinking.
1: What it really does?
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> When shambling zombies became kind of, you can just walk past these. Why are you even scared of them? They made the running zombies. And that's exactly what they did here. Who the hell could possibly be scared of Godzilla? He's giant. He falls over for no reason at all. He drop kicks other slow moving big ass creatures. Um, and he's slow and lumbering. What's possibly scary about that? Mm-hmm. Gotta do something to make him fast. That's, I mean, yeah. As same exact thing, zombies.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it came to me as well as watching this. I'm like, so that's what they were trying to do. And uh, Cole, you, you've alluded to it. You've kind of itched at it. Uh, mm-hmm. You're feeling with the design of Godzilla.
3: It's it's always bugged me a little bit, man, and uh, I, I figured out uh, tonight why. Not that, like, that it's a huge revelation. I'm sure many people have had it, but it's not so much, th- th- you know, that they redesigned him or the look of him. I, I I can totally see that again, especially for the era. You know, when fandom information wasn't so immediate, when you couldn't just Google something and find out. Oh shit! If we if we change it this much, it's you know. There's going to be a huge backlash. Um, I can see that, I, and I can even see making it look kind of iguana-esque, you know, more more lizard-like, and uh, th- having it move faster for the reasons Don mentioned, and also, you know, to service the plot, you know, to, to have it lay these babies. The problem is that they 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 missed a, a principal rule in designing a monster like this, and and it, it, it's an important one um and it has to do with the face and specifically the eyes everything from uh spielberg's t-rex to cronenberg's brundlefly has taken great lengths to make sure the eyes and the face can emote, that you can connect to it you know brundlefly doesn't have fly eyes Mm -hmm. you know he doesn't have insect eyes and that was a very conscious decision you've got to have some sort of you know, that's why the original Godzilla, I think, works so well. Aside from being just a great design, the eyes and the face has some attitude. You know, in fact, I was thinking about this tonight. The the, the lizards in the opening credits of this movie have more personality than the face of this Godzilla. Why couldn't they make him more lizard-like, give his eyes some, some reality so they're, like, darting around? You know, that would have been more, it would have drawn you in more. It would have made you more sympathetic. This thing, like Glenn mentioned, is, you know, it's been Jurassic Parked Out. It looks kind of like a T-Rex, but even, I mean, you can't even barely see its eyes. There's a couple close-ups of the eyes, but they, in my opinion, with all due respect to the people who worked on this, (gasps) uh, specifically Patrick Totopoulos, I believe I'm pronouncing that right, he's a talented guy. A lot of his set designs, uh, I mean, really, he's... His work I took note of before I knew his name, like his work on the Underworld movies and, and uh, what else did he work on, Silent Hill. He, he's he's done some stuff that I'm like, wow, who the hell is in charge of the visual designs? I just think it was a an error somewhere along the line. Sometimes you get a bad idea and you run with it and it harms the movie. And this uh, this this design, just uh, specifically the head,
0: does not work. You don't you connect know, to it. You you just yeah. said something that made me think. You know what they did? I think what, what it feels like they did now that like you talk about his face, he's got that kind of like that hunched, scrunched face, and he always looks kind of depressed. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they grunged him. <laughs> uh, yeah. right. Yes. They're they they're did. like, hey, because you know, Hollywood's always a few years behind what's actually a trend. Yeah. They're like, you yeah. know what's really popular right now? That Nirvana. So if we can make Godzilla look like look like like your typical Nirvana fan, depressed in a hoodie.
2: I, I think you're exactly right, though. They didn't yeah. make, they didn't intend to make Godzilla a character, just an animal, and an animal isn't given the luxury of uh, being able to exhibit emotion or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's you, you're exactly right, and that's the biggest failure of this film. And one of the biggest complaints I can actually agree with is even at the very, even at the very end, the most tragic, saddest moment at the end, when Godzilla comes up through Madison Square Garden, there is such a minimal the only emotion is displayed through the nudging through the rubble and the music mm-hmm. there is no other emotion that is there
1: yeah and, and they the, though they try throughout the film to force a bit of emotion to try to play on for lack of a better term a pita angle with it where You know that's the kind of the stance Matthew Broderick character suddenly takes. He's just an animal. You know, you get a few scenes where he doesn't get munched by Godzilla. Godzilla stares at him, or stares at another human, and the music's trying to play and trying to get you in touch with, you know, oh, this is just an animal who's you know out of their element or whatnot, and man is bad. But you don't really feel that with him because you know puppies and dogs they have expressions as well and he doesn't have that expression ever godzilla except yeah like you said down nuzzling the dead body of one of his babies um at the end and that's just the way they they edit that a bit more than anything um and that's the yeah the other godzilla films if it, 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 you had a little bit more emotions to that character you could tell when he was pissed you could tell when he was yes yes you know when he was enjoying crashing through things he was you know you could you could tell when he was doing the tail slide uh (laughs) and yeah it is a mistake and it's it's this is one of those films where i honestly think it would have done better had it not been godzilla ah I honestly think this film would have been better and Roland Emmerich having done Stargate and then coming off of doing a disaster porn in Independence Day. Don't get me wrong. I love Independence Day, but by God, that, <laughs> that's the pen, penultimate of, of disaster films uh, until he, he came out with the sequel to Independence Day, uh, which was even more insane. But he could have, I think, got away with doing just a straight monster film without having to call it Godzilla. What do you think about that, Cole? Do you think maybe this film would have been possibly better received if it didn't have the Godzilla name attached to it?
3: It it would have been, but then, you know, if, of course, it, no, absolutely. You're hundred percent right. Um, I would certainly hold it in higher regard because I love this, Sean, you know, and I think it's, 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 I love just giant monsters toppling over buildings and smashing buses and as Glenn said last week, picking up little toy trains. Love that stuff. Love that stuff. Um, the problem is, you know, the variables that got Emmerich involved in it. You know, it never would have gotten – you know, it never would have been made if it wasn't under the Godzilla umbrella. Just doing some some brief uh, research tonight for the podcast. Man, I saw uh, Stan Winston's original model. I believe it was a model. One of Stan Winston's original designs before Emmerich uh, – took over the project, and holy shit,
4: did it look good.
3: Yeah. I mean, Emmerich definitely, I'm sure he was doing what he thought was immediate and what he thought was cool and what he thought would connect to modern audiences. And, you know, he probably thought he was right because his last two movies, you know, really sort of created, uh, you know, I was interested in Godzilla because of those two movies. Stargate took me me off guard. I really liked Stargate, you know. And uh, so – yeah, I think it would have done better, but it then again it never would have gotten made. And actually having watched it tonight, I kinda of thought, Well, I'm kinda of glad this exists and you know, my my anger has sort of faded also because of the the uh, Gareth Edwards one, which I actually think is really cool. Um, at least the last half hour of it rocks. So I can kinda of look at this and go, Well, it was a misstep, but I I enjoyed watching it. You know, I'm mm-hmm. I'm going to pick up the DVD soon for sure. Actually.
1: <laughs> and uh, Don, how about you? Do you think this film may have been at least better received? Had it not been Godzilla, because we really hadn't had a large monster film hit us theaters in quite some time at this point in 98.
2: Oh God. Um, Had it not been a Godzilla film, maybe, Mm -hmm. Um, but people still would have bitched because, oh, my God, they're ripping off Godzilla. Oh, my God, they're ripping (laughs) off Godzilla. Yeah. There is is that fear. Yeah. There
1: there is that fear, but... um... Yeah, you're. It's you're not going to win because if they do a big monster film that's not Godzilla, they're just ripping off Godzilla. Look at what they
2: did with Pacific Rim.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're just ripping off Godzilla, really.
2: Exactly. Really?
1: We can't have another. Ki- have you watched? Have you watched Japanese cinema? At all? <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. So you you and are right. Board. That that is probably or, why you. Leave. That's probably why they wanted to do it under the Godzilla banner was because of the name recognition and the fact is like you said they they may have thought, you know what, we're we're going to get accused of ripping off Godzilla anyway, so let's just make a Godzilla film. <laughs> Glenn, I well, you... nice they'd done that. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn, would you have enjoyed it more headed up in a Godzilla? Film? Um
0: yes. Um just like uh, there are 78 Will Smith movies, I would like more if they were not titled what they're titled. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't like it when someone takes a property just to just to get whatever little bit of re- name recognition they have. Yeah. If you're going to change it that much, call it something else.
1: Sure. I mean, they, they, they could have even just tossed a reference to Godzilla saying, wow, is this like the monster in Tokyo? You know. Yeah, wanted to uh yeah and for me too i think when it first came out especially i would have enjoyed it more i think had it not been a godzilla film because i was a huge godzilla fan of the movies and such so you know here it is a big popcorn godzilla film all right and i got into it and yeah it just it it was just you know and I know, I know people say, well, things change, you just got to accept it. I'm like, yeah, but even still, you know, you just it really had none of that really appeal to me in the beginning that, that the other Godzilla films had because it just felt so different. It it wasn't Godzilla to me. And in revisiting it now, I can see what they were doing. I think the film could have maybe 45 minutes trimmed from it. <laughs> and you make a better film than what they have um you know because you've got that re- the the whole almost relationship thing with uh Matthew Broderick and and you know uh, with his uh top and uh his reporter girlfriend well ex-girlfriend who still you know he holds a candle for you've got you've got that kind of storyline in there which really I don't think they needed to explore that much (laughs) but that was just like you know the love i think they maybe were going for the angle just like you had the kind of love story in the first one too you know um so maybe that was them trying to give a kind of an ode to that uh but and and watching it again too and i think uh, we we won't go too much longer tonight but watching again too i think what would you think don if they would have ended the film it spiffed it up a little, but ended the film where the submarines or whatever actually get Godzilla. And and maybe they come up with a way to where, you know, he's, he just was stunned and wakes up. And then they have kind of a battle with him and they chase him off versus what we got, which was Godzilla Jurassic Park 3. <laughs> it, did, did you mind the ending at all with all the baby Godzilla's?
2: Mm. Mm.
1: Do do, do you think it could have ended?
2: I didn't mind it. My kids loved it. It got them into the rest of the Godzilla movies. It served Mm -hmm. a purpose. (laughs) Um, If it would have ended there, it would have changed a whole lot of the rest of the story and other subplots. (laughs) Mm-hmm. which would have left the film like really lacking. Um, And they would have needed to find some other subplot rather than the nesting and the pregnant, whatever. Right. Um, It it would have changed the film significantly, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: which for good, for bad, it doesn't necessarily matter. (laughs) They could have, they could have definitely handled that whole thing a whole lot better. You you didn't need the alien horde.
1: Yeah, you you didn't need so many. I mean, I, I mean,
2: I, I, you guys keep talking about Jurassic Park. I was expecting Ripley to show up.
1: Oh, aliens! <laughs> yes, when they're coming out of the eggs, especially. That's
3: Facebook. a good point. Holy shit!
1: Yeah, you're 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 on to something there, Don. That would have been awesome had Ripley showed up. She just shows up and just starts <laughs> maul- mauling. The, the baby, baby Godzilla, <laughs> but but that's that's a fanfic. That if anybody out there who writes fanfic, there you go. There's an idea. Copyright spoiler room. Um, <laughs> copyright Dawn. Actually, she came up with the idea, so make sure she gets her her cred for that. Uh, but Cole, what do you think? Do you think if they 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 could have possibly rewritten this without having the baby Godzilla forty minute act?
3: Yeah, for sure, man. I mean. As long as we're talking fan fiction, I, you know, I can understand why that sequence is there. It may have been a studio suggestion, um, but it's, it's handled poorly, as Dawn mentioned. It's way too cutesy, and it's way too long. What do what they slip on? Gumballs and shit? Gumballs and basketballs. Uh, um, yeah. I mean, I can see doing that sequence to appease sort of modern audiences and, and your studio execs, but to have it go on that long... Uh, you know, it, well, a one, these things are way clumsier than than their parent, and it's not just because they're young. It's like they're moving so slow. And b two, um, uh, you gotta realize it's not half as good as the Jurassic Park stuff. So why, <laughs> why draw it out that long? I can see, you know, one sequence where they just burst out of the eggs. You know, our lead characters escape, and then the, you know, the the the. The bombers
1: uh, come in and blow it up.
3: No, yeah. the, the, I was going to say the dad or the mom, and I realized it was asexual, but that's another gripe I got. I would have liked for this thing to have been the mother, and then you end a, the movie on a cliffhanger with the father right rising out of the center of the ocean. It would have been cool to have like a female Godzilla and then like leave the ending as long as we're talking fan fiction, leave the door open for like, you know, you know the, the dad to come and seek revenge for his whole family. That would have been awesome. Um, but yeah, I think uh, the whole uh, Velociraptor section is <laughs> extremely mishandled and, and as clumsy as the little creatures themselves.
1: Yeah. Well, and then, you know, how they escape as well. Uh, but I'll save my opinion for a moment. But Glenn, just how about you? We'll, we'll, we'll get your opinion on this to close out this question. of, of, of uh, Do you think they could have ended it Differently to where you know you rather knock out the Godzilla and then maybe we have some other uh, direction where they take it, where Godzilla wakes up and, and, and still stay focused on the big lizard rather than the forty minutes with the baby Godzillas. I think
0: you just ended with Matthew Broderick going, "Well, where is it now?" And someone just says, "We have men working on it." He's like, "Who? Top men?" And then just <laughs> go to go to some underground underground facility and have Godzilla there.
1: Dude, that's badass ending right there. Yeah. Godzilla's actually captured by the U.S. Navy under some underground secret lair, and they say Topman, yes, and then you leave it open for a sequel that way. There you go.
2: Big gas yeah. cryogenic chamber.
1: Yeah, a huge cryogenic chamber. <laughs> uh, for me, yeah, I... I think they could have handled this differently and trimmed it out. I, I, I know what, where Dawn's coming from with the, you know, you have to have the sub subplots handled differently, but I think you could tie it up uh, with those with a little extra writing and, and take out a chunk of this film uh, where they're doing that, or they could have handled it a little bit differently. What I found interesting was uh, the CGI in this, even for 98 is rough, but there are still quite a number of practical effects in here. So we've got to give them props There, They did use a chunk of practical effects in here, both with the uh, Zilla and with its babies. Uh, in fact, I think it, they built... Were those city miniatures, or was that all a CGI set for the miniatures? Uh, I'm not sure. Cities, because those looked like... It, they made it look like miniatures, which I think they were going for, which, which I kind of dug yeah um, with it, but yeah you know for ninety eight even though Zilla kinda just didn't look that great in a lot of shots, it felt rushed there um, and the film has its issues, but i I will say I did find some entertainment in it. I found the uh part all the way up to Madison Square Garden actually decent. it could have used some tweaks or uh, I shouldn't say decent. I didn't hate it like I did before but I still found a lot of issues with this film. And uh, yeah, and and I think the biggest misstep though was really the, the the sheer changes they made to Godzilla. I know they were trying to modernize it and you should do something different with a remake, but I think they went a little too far and I guess we'll wrap up with the final question. And then and uh, what do you think the biggest misstep is if we haven't covered it already that they may have made with this Glenn, besides making the film, uh, what do you think the biggest misstep was with Godzilla? Not letting Japan make the film. Oh yeah, you think they just, it just would have been handled differently, right? Yes, because they they've done it many times. <laughs> they've done it many times, and
0: I'm not saying all the Godzilla's are great, but uh, they're all better than this.
1: Mm-hmm. Would you would you have felt at least a little better had they used a guy in a suit? Yeah. Absolutely, and and done miniatures of New York City, which would have been cool to see. Oh, that <laughs> Glenn, was awesome, Glenn, Glenn's like miniature of Manhattan getting destroyed by a guy in a suit, Godzilla. Now that's that's the American Godzilla film, I think Glenn wants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll remake it, Glenn. We'll 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 do that. We'll start a crowdfunding and we'll remake it. So yeah, here we go. <laughs> John, how about you? Uh, overall, not, not a horrible film. Lots of warts on it. But uh, what would you say is the biggest misstep this film had?
2: Since we already discussed the whole not making him an actual character thing,
1: mm-hmm. I'm
2: going to say the biggest misstep was actually uh, killing him.
1: Oh. Sure. Actually, killing him on the uh the bridge on
2: screen, yeah, yeah,
1: on screen,
2: yeah. That that shouldn't have happened. Not not in the Godzilla film. He's either chased away or left wounded to so that he can return. And in this one, they were very clear about the light going out in his eyes, and that was a huge misstep.
1: Mm-hmm. Would have been better had they they kind of missled him and he falls in the Brooklyn Bridge, into the water and sinks, leaving it kind of ambiguous whether or not he did actually escape out of it or not. Yeah. Um, rather than having him physically actually die there and having the touching moment with Matt Through Broderick coming up to his corpse and looking touching at him as moments. the eye. Yeah. It touching. It was touching, but at the same time I was wanted to see Godzilla do one final villain burst and just munch him.
2: Yeah, Matthew Broderick was touching the blonde.
1: <laughs> uh, of course they were in the most indestructible cab in the world in that third act too, so mm-hmm. that could resist a Godzilla bite and and fly everywhere. It was like Fast and the Furious cab. It was awesome. Uh, <laughs> and Cole, what about you? Biggest misstep would you say with the Godzilla film?
3: Um well, we already discussed the design, but it cut, kind mm-hmm. of ties into the biggest problem, which is that, um, and this is nothing against uh, you know the, the director or the producer or anything, but the, the filmmakers were too cool for school. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they I mean, that that's the the biggest mistake is not not only within the design, but just in, in the attitude. Of the movies, uh, these these gentlemen made one of the biggest disaster pictures of all time. They're handed Godzilla, and they don't take advantage of the strengths of the original story at all, uh, for for no good reason, really. Mm-hmm. Um, they came up with some amazing action sequences. That the helicopter chase uh, through through the the buildings is is great for uh, its time and place, but. Um, uh, Godzilla is not an action movie. I, I was just listening. Our, our, our buddy Andrew Shearer had a, a podcast out today that he mentioned that um, there's no reason to, you know, just like a remake or, or, or a reboot unless it, there's something in there that, you know, distinctly betrays the essence of the character or the notion of the story. And they, I mean, they really push it here. You know, they they really push it. Yeah. Um, they just push the notion of what a Godzilla movie can be, and I actually like it. I, I can stand here now. What is it? Twenty years old, and and say, mm-hmm. wow, that's great. Um, but it's 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 as you guys have all mentioned so much more eloquently than me. It's not a good Godzilla movie because they they just. I I have never heard interviews of them about this, but it really seems like they just threw out the source material and they were just going to do their own thing and they were going to do what they thought was cool. And um, I think it, they might've just studied a little bit more.
1: Yeah. And and all of you make great points with the biggest misstep. Um, And and for me, one of them is, I guess one of the biggest missteps is that it, it went too long almost. Um, You know, it's one of those films where most monster films, unless you're really adding something, I mean, even films now today, modern films, they're they're all two hour mark or above, and I'm like, you know, especially for a monster film, you, you you want your monster film, but you don't you don't need two two and a half hours of it, you know, unless you're really adding something to it. And here, it didn't feel like they were adding much. It felt like a, for me, it was a sequel to '85. And, and for me, one of the biggest missteps was just how, how long it went and how much they tried to cram into this film. And now we know a little more 20 years later with, you know, and we kind of suspected back then, but now with the veil pulled back a little more with how producers get their fingers in the pot with like the Avengers films and that. And, you know, we've heard stories of di- directors who had a lot of uh, shackles put on them more or less because of producers it makes me wonder if this film had a lot of producer uh, input into it, you know, studio execs into it more so than what they maybe really wanted to do. Uh, you, You know, I I'm wondering if there was some of that because here they were basically given this, you know, And Emmerich and Dean Devlin wrote the initial screenplay, but as we also all know that screenplays get chopped up as the film gets filmed and producers, you know, they were, they were producers on there, but there were a number of other producers in here as well. And I just wonder if the studios had a lot of input on this, on what actually type of film they wanted. And they're like, okay, we'll put it in because they had this important, historic license and they were actually given an opportunity to make a Godzilla film which wasn't given to US studios that often so they wanted to really go big and go large. You know
2: actually I read that Emmerich is not a big Godzilla fan and really took everything but the name and wanted to separate from it entirely.
1: Really? Yes. Well, well that explains it then that fully explains Jesus really? Is that an interview with
2: him? it's on the trivia
3: information. Oh my there. gosh.
1: Well, well, that explains everything then and I yeah. should have done my research. I do apologize to everyone in my crew here. Uh, I should have. But no, that's a good I'm glad you pointed that out now. Well, that explains it all then. <laughs> exactly his approach to the Godzilla film. So so like it or hate it folks, it is 20 years old. Uh, again, that was just unintentional planning as well. Because I wasn't expecting it, but it is an anniversary for it. Twenty years ago, it was released, and it, it is around. And even Toho has made fun of Zilla, as people call it, because as many many people hate it. Uh, and they made fun of it in I think it was Godzilla: Final Wars. Actually, Godzilla? they
2: have uh, Toho has okay. actually incorporated it as part of canon, which is why they changed the name to Zilla.
1: Right. Right. Well, and that's what I, I'm sorry. That's what I meant. Thank you, Don. You, you, you definitely interpret Mark very well. Thank you. Uh, that's what <laughs> I meant is that, that uh, they did put Zilla in the universe. He's got his own icon and everything on the Godzilla boxes and called Zilla. Uh, but they actually have him show up in a Godzilla film. I believe it was final wars. The last one that they were going to make and then they were going to take that break. And then they came out with Shin Godzilla So they took that 10-year break. So that last one, which I think was Final Wars, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Glenn, the one where he's fighting a bunch of monsters around the world?
0: I think so, yes.
1: Yeah. And in one, he shows up in Australia, and it's hilarious. In the other fights, he's fighting a little bit longer with the monsters. and that, He's fighting with classic monsters because it was their kind of send-off for Godzilla because Toho swore they were going to make another Godzilla film for 10 years, which they didn't. So he's fighting classic monsters. He gets to Australia, and there's Zilla. But they rendered Zilla the most worst CGI I've seen. <laughs> he wasn't a puppet. He was CGI. And the fight lasts all of, like, 15 seconds. If I remember it correctly, Zilla is wreaking havoc in Australia. Godzilla comes to shore. Zilla goes after him. Godzilla grabs him, throw, uh, uh, shoulder, uh, hip throws him into the opera house, of course, because there's a landmark. It's got to destroy. <laughs> uh Throws him in the opera house and fire blasts him, and that's it. That's the fight. <laughs> One Godzilla hip throw and a fire blast, atomic blast, kills Zilla dead. Just like that. I'm like, wow, they're making a statement there. <laughs> you know, so I will say that I did not hate this film as much, and it didn't bug me as much now as it did when it first came out, because I Older, wiser, more cynical, however you want to put it. Uh, but there are a lot of warts on it. And I can definitely see why people don't like it. But uh, he, is, he is technically canon. So uh, good or bad or ugly, he is there.
4: Hi, Mark the Movie Man. Hi, Spoiler Room listeners. This is Andrew Shearer. And uh, Mark, I apologize in advance to you for ha- having to, to edit this, so I don't know how it's going to turn out, and to the listeners of your show that are used to a very nicely produced, clean-sounding, professional experience, I apologize for the sounds of the road that are in the background, because I'm in my car using my handy recorder that I do all my notes into. But I want to, Mark invited me to talk a little bit about Godzilla 1998. And I'm very happy about that because I'm a fan of Godzilla 1998. I was very excited to go see it when it came out. I remember like all of the marketing. I remember uh, Fangoria Magazine, I believe, did a cover story on it. Which is cool because the very first issue of Fangoria Magazine had Godzilla on the cover. Um, I was not a Godzilla fan, never a Godzilla person. didn't grow up watching those movies. In fact, I can confidently say that in my memory is just the first Godzilla, the one from the 50s, because I've got the, uh, the Criterion um, disc of, of that first Godzilla. So going in to see Godzilla 98, I'll tell you what I was thinking. I was thinking one thing only. I would like to see a giant monster break things. Yeah? You hear me? That's all I was thinking. A giant monster break things. Because I'm not necessarily a Godzilla fan, but I am a fan of, like, giant monster, like, especially, like, Atomic Age monster movies. And that is exactly what Godzilla 1998 is. And re-watching it now... It's like very 90s in the way that Matthew Broderick and like half of the Simpsons cast or, you know, in the movie... And there's some woman who we don't know who necessarily she is as the as the female lead because that's the way Hollywood does, and I never saw her in anything else again because that's the way Hollywood does. And Broderick was like <clears throat> perpetually playing Ferris Bueller all the time. Although I did really love from the same uh, around the same time was uh, he was Inspector Gadget. I don't know if any of you remember Inspector Gadget. Uh, Matthew Broderick did. I think Rupert Everett did the sequel, but he was he was great. That was a cool movie, but. um... There was a lot of marketing for Godzilla, and I remember this well because um, I had a Godzilla lunchbox. That's how much marketing they did. I think there were toys. It was like it was a big deal. Uh, they tried to keep it a secret how it looked, and I remember following the creature designs and wanting. I was it was it was exciting to me as a fan of monster movies. Mention notice that I don't mention being a Godzilla fan, and I'll say later why I don't think that even matters. We go to see the movie. Come out, and the people I went to see it with—who was like a drummer in my band and the singer of my band—they um, hated it. They were, and I don't know if I could tell, like while we were watching it, if they hated it. You ever like sit beside someone or go with someone where you could tell they've already made up their mind about this movie that you're seeing, or whatever it is that you're that you're that you're watching? And you tell they've already made their mind up. I don't even know if we able, were able to sit together. That's how huge this movie was. I think maybe they had to sit somewhere, uh, like, away from us. So, me and my date are, like, having an awesome time. We're going, like, you know what happened? We came here to see Godzilla break stuff. And, sure, there's a payoff for Godzilla break stuff. We got out of that movie. Let me tell you, I I had never gone to a movie. Well, maybe the time I took some, like, acquaintances to see David Lynch's oh no, it was Cronenberg's crash a couple years before that. But they didn't outwardly tell me they hated it, they just stared at me. They, you know, glared at me. Um, yeah, they hated it. They were walking out the door saying how awful it was. And I remember being so uncomfortable with how angry they were at Godzilla. I was like, wait a minute here. It was just a movie. It was just a, you know, number one, it was just a movie. too. like, since when are you like the authority on Godzilla all of a sudden? all of a sudden like Godzilla was like your favorite childhood thing and you're this rabid fan of it and you know every single detail about it and this contract between you and Godzilla has been like crapped on all of a sudden you know not actually it's the worst thing that happened to you my feeling about it is this there are points of not liking Godzilla Let me let me ple- let me take this apart for you one too long movie was too long that's the one that I kind of agree with but it's the studio's fault for having all that confidence in the movie that it was just going to be this license to print money. I don't think they really paid much attention to it, and I honestly don't think the director of it. I think you know it was so, it's such a technically difficult movie to make at that time. I don't think they were necessarily keeping uh, like a good grasp on how you know the pacing of things and character stuff and all of that. The things that a director needs to have in their head, I honestly don't think this guy had in his head. But does that make the movie horrible? No. Made it a little long. So what? Do a director's cut sometime. Do a fan edit. Yeah. It doesn't make it a bad movie. All right. Godzilla's only in it, like, for a total, maybe about, I don't know, 10-ish, 10 to 15 minutes, somewhere in that neighborhood. Who cares? If you saw Godzilla every second, why would that be special? Why would that be cool? Why would that be exciting to you? Have the Godzilla movies ever in history been Godzilla constantly on the screen? Tell me that. Because that's not the way the original Godzilla was. I also really like that 2014 Godzilla that, that, that they made. And that was everybody's big complaint. Oh, Godzilla's barely in it. It takes so long to see him. And when you see him, ah, come on, homie. What is your problem? When is that ever a thing? You know what these people probably want? These people that are impossible to please and have no real idea what they want, by the way. These people want, instead of Broderick playing the scientist, why don't you just have Godzilla play the scientist? And they're like, there's a giant Matthew Broderick hatching under the ocean. We think it's the result of some sort of mutation. We've got to stop it before it lays more Matthew Brodericks and pretty soon the city and then the country and the world will be overrun with Brodericks. Can you please get past the fact that I'm a monster and you don't trust me because, yeah, in the past I did some stuff. But you have to believe me. I know I'm Godzilla, but please believe me. Is that really what you want? I honestly don't think that the people who said Godzilla was stupid and too long and dumb and some sort of betrayal of their trust and contract with the film would take that film seriously. Something tells me that that's not what they want either. Morons. Oops, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. Anyway, now what do I think of Godzilla? Wow, Now what do I think of this movie? Still too long? Actually, not really. I had a lot of fun with it. Special effects bad? Not up to date? Mm, No, not necessarily. Because Godzilla 98 was still made in a time where... We didn't have, like, completely digital environments. They still had to make most of the stuff you see on screen to the point where, where you see, like, a buildings crash down. Maybe that might be a model. Might be a miniature. When you see stuff falling on people, stuff that probably falling on people. Out in the rain, this movie is, like, in the rain a lot, which had to have made things more difficult to shoot than they would have been. That's a rain machine, man. That's real water on those people. And, uh, you, know, when, you know, you might see a hand or a foot or a monster face or something like that. Someone, I promise you, built a puppet or two for this thing. They just, no, they don't do that anymore. They don't do that anymore. But what's a rad about Godzilla, and this is what I do to... I mean, even down to, like, uh, the remake of the giant Gila monster that Jim Wynorski did a few years ago. If the effects are giving me trouble, if there's something about it that's a little funky, you know, if it's, ha- it's if it's distracting the the difference in quality from you know i'm saying it can can happen especially with old digital effects they really seem like a lot like how stop motion is you can really tell that that wasn't on screen and someone just drew that in there or pasted that in there or you know what i'm saying computed that in there or optical that in there you know if if that's really going to bother you if that's your thing here's what you do you take the color setting on your television and you turn color all the way off to where now you are watching a black and white movie. Now, I know like, you know, with The Mist, they said, oh, the, 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 the movie, not the show. And they're like, oh, you know, we, we would love for this thing to be in black and white, but the studio wouldn't let us. So they made that awesome DVD where you can watch it in black and white. And it's great. And those effects look better in black and white. Uh, and then, you know, recently is uh, like uh, Fury Road. There was the black and chrome edition of the movie was in black and white. And then uh, Logan also did Logan Noir on there where you can watch it in black and white. I have been turning the color off of movies, monster movies for years, sometimes just for fun. But oftentimes if the special effects are a little eh, because check it out. I was, by how I got this idea, I was watching the movie Squirm, the one about the worms by Jeff Lieberman, who also did a great film called Blue Sunshine. Um, and Lieberman, in the commentary, goes, you know what? Um, this movie is great if you turn off the color and watch it in black and white. And sure enough, he was right. And I've watched tons of stuff in black and white. That Wynorski's Heel Monster helped greatly by black and white. Black and white is very forgiving on video, especially very forgiving for video. If you got some old video of yours, and it just looks kind of terrible and cruddy. Watch it in black and white. It changes everything. Godzilla 98 in black and white. I'm telling you, this is a revelation. It's a great movie. It is a great experience because number one, it makes it more like the old Godzilla's and old atomic monster movies, mainly. You know, I've got a lot of those things. I got to like, uh, a beast from however many fathoms and it came from however many miles from outer space and the giant this and the atomic that and bride of this and that and the monster of here and the incredible whatever and the you know the giant this i got all of those movies and they're all black and white and that's kind of how i associate monster movies you know like old school monster movies definitely you know the roots of godzilla are in black and white who watch in black and white it might change your mind of course, if you suck, nothing will change your mind. But that's because you suck, and you know your life is horrible. And you need to stop watching uh, somebody else's good movies and find your own. Don't just run around calling movies bad. I got this theory, I'm sticking with it. You accidentally watched my good movie when you watch a bad one, or somebody else's. Whoops! Go find your own good movies. Don't waste your time talking bad stuff about other people's good movies. It's not cool. It's dumb. Just makes you look bad and makes you look lame. Thanks, Mark, for letting me talk about Godzilla '98. And um, yeah, let's let's uh, let's get together and pitch Broderick on this uh, this movie. Let's see if we can't like do some of that uh, newfangled gender swapping they're talking about. Now we're gonna talk about interspecies swapping. he's gonna change movie history, dude. We're gonna change everything. Imagine every which way but loose. Where the main character is Clyde, and Eastwood's just his buddy that sits around. Right turn, Clint. You know what I'm saying? Thank you for listening. Bye.
1: Uh, If you have seen Godzilla 98, please, you can go to the Facebook group and let us know what you thought of that film and of this episode and such. And now this is the part of the uh, show where we're going to just have these lovely people tell you where you can find them at when they're not here. So, Cole?
3: Right on, sir. Thank you for having me. You can find me at Shadows and Lovers Productions on Facebook. I have a movie on amazon uh our fifth movie from our company called the last great horror movie very proud of it it's on amazon prime so if you have prime uh check it out for free it's a little micro budget project we're proud of and uh another movie on the horizon for this halloween called rise which is our our first stab in an exploitation movie we're pretty stoked so um again thanks for listening and uh thanks for chatting with guys.
1: awesome thanks for coming on cole and don
3: I'm actually going to bypass
2: my usual stuff and pimp out something else. Um, Check out the Northeast Wisconsin Horror Film Festival happening in Oshkosh, Wisconsin this November. That's newhorrorfest.com, where you can enjoy local, well, independent made horror films from. Uh, hopefully, many from Wisconsin and the local areas surrounding states, but also from all over the world.
1: Awesome! Yes, it's a great festival. We will be there, and of course, we do usually a show dedicated to that. So, uh, check that out. Great stuff there, Don. Excellent plug. And Glenn, uh, how about you, sir? Where can we find you at?
0: You can find me on Facebook with the B Bunker, Guyana Bunker Productions, uh, Mister of the RPG. You can also find me with my gaming podcast, The Adventure Party, on GNCast.com. Check out GuyInABunker.com or follow me on Twitter at GuyInABunker. Also on YouTube and I don't know where else. I'm, I'm too many places.
1: <laughs> <laughs> awesome stuff. Thank you, everyone here, and I hope you enjoyed our listening to Godzilla 98, where it wasn't really... A bash fest, uh, but we wanted to explore this film and uh, yeah, I hope it it got you interested in it. Check it out yourself, check out our other episodes. We appreciate you listening now. Uh, let's just say good night, everyone. It's over now, credits are done. (laughs) Go home. Hey, all my Spoiler Room friends out there. If you like what you hear, why not head on over to iTunes and like, comment, and even subscribe to our channel. It always helps us out. Or you can find us on Stitcher Radio as well. You can drop us a tweet on Twitter at Spoiler Room PDCS or Special Mark Pro. Look for us also on Facebook at the Spoiler Room Podcast or in the Special Mark Productions Facebook group. Let us know what movies or topics you'd like to be discussed in the Spoiler Room where the conversation is fresh, uh, but we do spoil the movies.